Hello, and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Chloe Lula, your host. Thank you for being here with us. This week, we have Vanessa Maria, who is also a broadcaster at Foundation FM, in conversation with I, Jordan. Jordan, who's a London-based artist, has exploded since 2021. Last February, they were nominated for Best Producer at the annual NME Awards. And they also celebrated a jam-packed touring and release schedule, which included signing to Ninja Tune. As you can hear from the interview, Jordan has remained extremely down to earth and above all committed to helping create more inclusive spaces for trans, queer, and non-binary artists. I don't, I remember the last time I was in a space that felt like so nurturing and so like, I felt so comfortable in. Um, and I think a lot of other people felt like that as well. Like it was like, there was something very beautiful about trans only spaces, like something that like, I can't really put words into. It's just like a feeling. Trans people get it, trans people know it. Like it's just like a, it just does stuff to you and I can't really explain. <laughs> in their conversation, Jordan and Vanessa talk about the residency that Jordan just helped run called Transformation, which was made exclusively for trans and non-binary music makers as well as imposter syndrome, the power of queer community, their upcoming tour with Sherelle, their favorite breakfast foods, and much, much more. It's a very uplifting interview, so stay locked, and I hope you enjoy. To keep up to date on the RA Exchange, hit the subscribe button to hear all future updates from us. Hello, hope you're well. It's Vanessa Maria here and welcome back to another special edition of RA Exchange. Today we are going to be joined by London-based artist I Jordan, who is a true disciple of high energy and high emotive music. Since deciding to release their own music in 2019, after a decade of holding down DJ residencies and promoting DIY parties, they've taken the world by storm. Over the past four years, the Doncaster-born artists ever-evolving and expertly produced releases paired with their formidable DJ sets around the world has placed them firmly at the forefront of dance music. Following the release of a collaborative single with hitmaker Fred Again, a nomination for Best Producer at the annual NME Awards and three North American tours this year alone, they've shown no sign of slowing down. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for my bio intro. <laughs> I see you I've smiling got, and laughing in the background. Because I have like a weird relationship with that bio. I'm like, I am sick of this bloody bio. You know how to swear on this? Can I swear on this? Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, I am. Um, I got it changed recently. So I was oh. like, just that, that, that first sentence, I'm like, whoa, get away. We can, we can, we can actually give, we can do, we can do an update of the new bio. I don't know where I even where it would be. Yeah, that's my manager, but um it's it's quite funny hearing it verbally. I'm used to reading it, so it was quite as I've never heard it verbally before. So it gave me a new experience of it, which I don't think I'm like as negative about. Okay, you said it in a fun way. Do you know what's so funny when you when I introduce people? Mm-hmm. I think everyone has a their own reaction to hearing like the their biographies. Some mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh my gosh, like is that me?" <laughs> a lot of people find it like weird, and people have the same same reaction. Like, what is what what do you feel like when you hear people talk about your achievements or your goals and especially as an artist? Oh, straight in. <laughs> straight in. <laughs> um, it feels weird. It feels very strange. And like, um, like, oh, wow, they're actually talking about me. I think also like the whole like true disciple of like high energy, high emotion dance music stuff. I was like, um, because it was written by somebody else, it wasn't me. So I was like, there's a weird disconnect there anyway. Mm. So it's like, 
being seen through the lens of somebody else and that's their interpretation of me and that's now what's out in the world and I mean I suppose if I wrote my own bio it wouldn't sound anything like that I'd be like talk myself down a lot and um not say that uh I show no sign of show no sign of stopping or whatever I say in that but yeah I guess it's like it can just be a bit disassociating sometimes when you're like is this about me um but most of the time when I see that written I'm like oh all they've done is just got my press pack copy and paste it into the event bio I'm like you could try a bit harder promoters come on yeah like we have one a remix (laughs) yeah like write something from your own experience but I think also I understand why press releases exist and it's a lot easier for people just to like copy and paste stuff but I think I get worried that everyone's like bored of seeing the same thing but I don't think anyone even pays attention do you read any artist bios? Like, no, I don't no, know if I have. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think I have. And I think that people wouldn't, I don't think people would get bored of it. And I and I think it's, um, I think it makes sense that you are disassociated with it because it's, when it's written by someone else, mm-hmm. especially, it's like not coming from your voice. Mm-hmm. And I think as humans anyway, people, we're always trying to like self-deprecate in some way or some form. It's like, it takes a, a conscious effort to sort of go the opposite. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think it's something to do with the UK and like British culture is quite um, polite and mm. like people with this etiquette of like not being, um, not like, I don't know, bigging yourself up. Like when I've, when I've seen other artists in like America, I was like, yeah, I did that. Like mm. when I see a unique tweet, I'm just like, unique. I is- thought of unique as soon as you said that. <laughs> you- <laughs> the way that she bigs herself up and it's like in such an earnest and lovely way as well that yeah. actually is like very warming. Yeah. It doesn't feel any way like either egotistical or, no. or anything like that. Like she does it in like the most natural way. I don't right? think I've got it in me. And like, I feel like it, that would just not run in the UK. Yeah, First yeah. of all, people would just be like, shut up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> people don't definitely. like, it's like bad vibes almost. Like, I know everyone always says that, but people don't, people want you to be humble mm-hmm. and like just, you know, just exist quietly mm-hmm. somewhere and not make noise. And I think like, no, like, come on, talk your talk. Okay, sure. Your thing. I yeah. don't show any sign of stopping. Then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> love that. <laughs> Keep, I'm keeping on going. Yeah, yeah. Quite into it. Okay, love that. That makes sense. <laughs> as well because you've just done a joint tour you've announced a joint tour yep. um with Sherelle I have reflections yes and it kicked off last Friday it did yeah, yeah. um do you want to talk about it yes so it, it was um the putting together of about a year and a half's worth of like me and Sherelle meeting up in cafes and in green rooms of shows being like we need to do something together we need to put matters into our own hands um we have a lot of like critique about the events that we're playing i mean all due respect thank you for booking me but like you know when you go to parties like sherelle came up to me at home block and was like i'm just sick of the crowd not reflecting like who i am and like who i want to see in a crowd like white cis men effectively um so i said to her like okay let's just do something about that then and that was like yeah november 2021 um and then that yeah that came to make in this tour um the, the plan is ultimately that Shez and I will like keep on going we're like established now as collaborators we're very good friends um we've got a single out um on fabric in a couple of weeks um on the tour is yeah just the start of this and the start of like what we want to achieve um with it we've like sold out the first three shows and I think people See. are like seeing what we're doing and like they're getting it like I don't know if it was like very visible on socials before that we were good mates, but like now it's like we've come to the world to show them that, you know, we're here to, I don't know, have a nice time together and make everyone around us have a nice time. 
I love that. And how? What was the crowd like last Friday? Was the was it? Did it reflect? Oh, it was well good. Yeah. I saw some queers getting off. They were like <laughs> making that. out at the front, like right on the front. And I was like, I have achieved the goal that I want. Like, I feel like any DJ set I have, if there's some queers making out, like it's my goal as like uh, as a DJ to to make that happen. So, yeah, a lot of the um the crowd were yeah very very queer, very diverse crowd. Um, and very kind. It seemed like a very nice crowd. The energy that night was really really nice. Uh, and the same with the White Hotel as well. Like, um. It is really good to see, like, actually, the th- like, the thing that you have in your mind. Like, I really hope that, like, I really hope when we do stuff like this that, like, we are engaging the right people and the, and the right people are getting on board of it. And I think, like, showing the crowd, like, actually be present and be there um, and it be the crowd that we wanted to see. Like, it was like, okay, we are, this is actually going the way that we want it to go because it's always a bit of a theory. You know, you could have just got, like, a group of, like, proper bro lads like turning up um but we didn't have that it was re- it was really nice so i'm glad that like yeah that there is that like um fruition coming to a place with it i love that you're not only like creating change within like the dance space dance music in terms of an actual club and party goers but you're also working on projects related to music for up and coming trans artists non-binary people as well and your project transformation um wrapped up a few days ago mm-hmm. um what was that like? Can you tell us more about it? Can you tell us more about the partners involved as well? Mm-hmm. Brighter Sounds, mm-hmm. Generator, Tranuary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I got approached about a year ago, maybe a bit less, um, saying that um, we want you to be the artist in residence at a residency programme for musicians and that it's going to be all trans artists. Um, and yeah, when I first got asked, I was like, imposter syndrome, generic stuff, like are you sure that like I'm qualified enough for this and um but also I was really really excited by it I was like there's there's clearly like nothing like this that's happened in the UK um and I wanted to make it as good as it as it could be I guess so yeah it was like Brighter Sound that approached me it was a partnership between the charity Brighter Sound and Generator based in Manchester and Newcastle um and they yeah they're they're amazing they did they did a lot of a lot of hard work and support of me a lot and they do residencies throughout the year. Uh, I think KG's doing one as well, like recently. Oh, I love like, that. In, I think in the next month or something. Okay. So, yeah, they, they do a lot of really cool things and they all just get it as well. Like when I was having a lot of like prep meetings with them, like we met quite a few times before the residency started. I was like, you need this, this and this. Like obviously there needs to be gender neutral toilets. Like we shouldn't be, there needs to be shit around all, all over the place to protect people. Um, I also suggested like getting a welfare person involved and there was a welfare person there. Um, and then also like making sure there's just like support and access for people, um, like both during and after, because I mean, I think I felt it harder than what I actually anticipated feeling it, but I knew that like there was going to be like this sort of high from the week and like high from the performances. And then there was going to be like a bit of a crash from all of us. Um, And the crash came from like both exhaustion, but also like being outside of a space that wasn't specifically for trans people and just that reality hitting in again. So I wanted to make sure there was like some stuff post that and we've got like a Discord set up and like um, the group chat is still like really cute and active and we're all still in touch, which is real nice um so yeah the residency itself was like five days um in a venue called the star and shadow in newcastle which is like a not-for-profit diy um very inclusive lovely cute little venue there's like a cinema during the day or night or whatever um and 
yeah, that it was like, I guess there was like a couple of days where we were, we were all like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like we've got like an end result and it was like different as a residency to have this like end result. Like it's not just like the purpose of creating for creating's sake. It's like we are creating to do a performance at the end of the week, which added a level of pressure to the experience from all of us. Um, and I think on the first day, in particular, I mean, first off, I was exhausted, but secondly, I was also quite overwhelmed with the idea of like, I'm responsible for making a 30 to 40 minute performance of 13 people. And that was just like a, a, a like a pressure on me that I probably didn't need to put on myself because like I was in a room full of like extremely talented musicians that can just do this. You know, I didn't need to be the one to direct or like be in charge. It was just mm. more like um, I found my sort of position in it by just sort of like being there to be on hand if people needed it and to sort of. Um, give tips and give direction um, and I helped a little bit with like production and the stitching together of things like when it was a performance I like did the the mixing behind the decks of stuff and made it all flow and all that sort of shit um, so yeah I think there was a lot of it at first like, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I was just like this is so special this means amazing this means a lot to a lot of people and it means a lot to me and I really want to do it well and I just cared about it a lot um but on yeah on reflection I think like actually my role was going into it my I thought my role was going to be very very different and what it was coming out of it um I ended up being more of a just someone being there like a bit of an emotional mm. support as well and like yeah yeah I did like it was quite interesting that I used different elements of like almost like roles that I had in previous jobs and stuff like that I oh. never really thought I'd be doing like yeah I mean I guess they like I think I joked about this with someone before like it's kind of a good job that I had all this like EDI experience and stuff because uh, I wasn't just there being like a creator. Yeah. <laughs> I was like doing a lot of other stuff as well. Um, and then, yeah, in the week as well, like um, it just flowed together really naturally, actually. Like um, what I originally set out to do was to have people be in, in groups and they create sort of like 10 minute performances each. Nice. But what ended up happening was just like everyone was so excited to work with each other. Um, and everyone really got into the creative process of things. There was people live jamming. There was people like making things on Ableton. There was pe people like recording spoken word. And oh, and they and they yeah you people everyone just sort of like naturally developed their own stuff with other people. And it, and it turned out there was like a couple of artists that were on a couple of tracks or like a vocalist would be on a several several tracks. And then there was like little snippets that people had already made that they were bringing back into this for uh, someone else to like do some vocals over and um there wasn't like it wasn't as rigid as what I thought it was going to be either mm. so the way that like everyone just sort of like came together and created this thing like blew my mind it really 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 blew my mind like the level the quality of the work that came out of it and like the emotion that came out of it was like way more than what I anticipated it was going to be so how old were the artists the artists, the participants? Yeah, yeah, oh, artists, okay. yeah, yeah. So how old were the artists on the programme? I think they range from like 1920 to like people in their 40s. Oh, yeah. okay, so there was no cap on the age? No, so yeah, the Brighter Sound people said, do you want to put a cap on it? And I said no, but opposite, because like, yeah, people haven't had this opportunity before, especially people that are older. So I, there was no way that I wanted to like limit age on that. And like it, it felt more important for me that older people were going to be involved in this um, because of getting lack of opportunities that they might have had before. No, that's so important. So, yeah. It's so important, especially anything related to like music and 
the creative industries, everything's always almost capped at like 25. Yeah. And you're expected to have it all together. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 25. All my, all my shit's sorted now. <laughs> I don't need this space at all. Yeah. I don't need it. <laughs> um, and you made an, an uh, amazing point about, as well, specifically for trans artists, like mm-hmm. they might have not had a, that opportunity at all in their whole entire lives, especially if they're in their 40s. Mm-hmm. So you opening that space for people is really powerful. Yeah. And also they were just like shit hot. Yeah, like proper good creators yeah. like that I think are amazing so it's just like great getting to know them as well so just great to get to know all of them mm. but I'm just yeah I'm glad that like we put a focus on like well not a focus but I'm glad that we didn't put a focus on any age because mm. that was important sorry yeah like what after a certain age and you're not like, like it, doesn't it doesn't make any make sense, sense because like older people have had less opportunities yeah. like I mean that's not true, actually. Well, I mean, the whole, depends, boomer, the whole boomer thing. But, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not on the housing market, but, like, for, for, for creative situations is what I meant. Like, yeah. Yeah. Facts. Totally. And what was the process like to, I guess, select who was going to make the program? Yeah, it was an application process um, that was that was then shortlisted by Brighter Sound Generator and Ife Lua Yuande, who also, like, did a workshop that week i should talk about the workshops as well um and then and then from the shortlisting like i did the final um final choices was that difficult it was really hard (laughs) yeah it was like probably one of the hardest things i've done because i was like i feel an attachment to all these people all of a sudden because i've just read i've just read your bio and like i've listened to your music um but yeah i had to go on like what it came down to for me was um I had, like thinking about like sounds and the different the very various different sounds and the different things that people could bring to it, um, and I also wanted to make sure that there was like a diverse range of people in the room as well, um, and that was catered for. So, yeah, the group of people that ended up coming were just ace, and like I'm still chatting with them now, and like they're all lovely. It's like a family. Like, you, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll get to that. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. We've, <laughs> we've definitely something, we've, we've all had a shared experience or something. And it was, literally called it transformation. It has been transformational. And I know that sounds like cheesy or generic or whatever, no, but it actually really has. It's it's nice. And yeah. it, like, it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah, you yeah. also mentioned uh, workshops. Yeah, so I invited Talia and Ife Lua to come and do workshops during the days. And that sort of helped to split things up a little bit and to give a new perspective onto things. So Yuande came down and they give, gave a little workshop on how they DJ and that how we can sort of like think about what the process that they go through as a DJ and their DJ sets to a live performance. Um, and then Talia did a workshop on her like live show and how she like um, transitioned from like making stuff on Ableton to then like doing that live. Um, and then, yeah, in the evening, like Talia and I did like this like Q&A and I did stuff like every night, like open decks and, and stuff. And it was just like a very intense week and I was very, very tired by the end of it. But I was also just like... That makes <laughs> complete sense. When something's so precious, you also want to get it right. Like you want to make sure that that post is it's going to reflect exactly mm. how amazing it was. Yeah, and it um, probably won't. Oh, and I think, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I've, there's like a video that like that got filmed during the week so I think I might just share that. But like, yeah. I think the people, the, the people who want, I want to know about how it impacted me, the people that were involved in that, like, no, because we've discussed it at length in person. So it's like, yeah. But I also just like feel like it's it's good for me to be sharing about this sort of thing because a really important thing happened and everyone 
who follows me online or like anyone has access to online platforms like should know about it and I want to shout about it as much as I can which is why we're doing this podcast yes. <laughs> I also really like the fact that it was in Newcastle because I don't think people talk enough about like support for talent um, up north absolutely and I know that you've spoken about being in, uh, from Doncaster and how mm-hmm. difficult that was for you mm-hmm. um, so I think that's also like really powerful mm-hmm. um, yeah it was really helpful for me actually to be in the north because I um, yeah I, I have I struggle with going back up north like I've got a lot of like childhood trauma that like I like I don't really spend that much time up there so it was really nice to reclaim it in a way like I don't I have not spent like tons of time in Newcastle I played there a couple of times but that's about it um so like to effectively live there for six days was like good for me because I like did it in a way that was safe for me because usually when I go up north I'm like spending time with family I'm not out fully to family like there's all the family history so there's like it was just nice to go into a uh, yeah a northern space and it feels safe and comfortable um and yeah you're right like there's just not enough support for the creative side of things in the north not enough support for stop of everything in the north but um that's why brighter sound and generator are like very very good charities that i admire and respect a lot for what they're doing really important question yeah where can we listen to the music very good question actually um we have the recording of one of the performances i need to do some work on tying up together like seeing how the group feel about how it sounds and then we're going to see what, what might happen with it. Marianne Hobbs wants to listen to it. So. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a pretty good start. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I, she was talking to her about it last week. Yeah. And she was like, I'd love to hear it. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you oh. sure? <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, we'd like to do something with it. It's kind of like um, thinking about timing of it, resources. Like, I'm going to speak with my management team to see if it's something that, like, we could potentially do um see what and the the people at brighter sound are also thinking about stuff too like we'd like it to go on a compilation oh that'd be nice um but yeah it's just like the logistics and the administrative stuff behind all of that and like when we could make it work okay perfect but yeah hopefully coming soon coming soon yeah (laughs) it was beautiful like it was like so it just there was just so much there like it ended on like a hard style gabberish track. Then it started off on like bird song and spoken word. Like there was just like bird song. Yeah, like I recorded some bird song uh, from the park that was just down the road that okay. I like took my breaks in and yeah. included that in the thing. And Amazing. Yeah, it was all it was all just very beautiful, very wholesome, and I am I miss it a lot. I'd like to go back to that like lovely, cute little safe holiday thing that I had. <laughs> Will this program be repeated potentially? Or is this something that has been talked about? Like, I have no idea. I think that'd be one for the brighter sound and generator people. Okay. I think that there should be more things like this. Yeah. If there's things I can do within my power um, to do more things like this, I, I'm really, I'm really keen to to do stuff. I think like Shirelle in particular has inspired me with the work that she does. A beautiful and the mm. beautiful workshops, and I want to try and do something like that specifically for trans people um yeah i just like i i think it's it's definitely feels for me like the start of something that like needs to continue it shouldn't be a one-off thing because obviously like trans people need more support right now than than ever before so um if there was a decrease in access to things like this it would be just even worse so I'm going to try as much as I can to do more shit. I think I just need You're only time. one person. I think you're doing amazing. Uh, I just need you. to say that. Like, oh, thank this, you. This, this, that, the program is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, 
it's so powerful that not only are you focusing as an artist on your own career and you are creating music and um, you're just like opening the doors for so many other people, but you're creating programs in order for other people to, to do the same. You're creating networks, you're creating um, support systems. And I think that's like so powerful. Like it's, it's like that social connection, that's what it is. Absolutely. And that's how people survive, like through through the connection of others. So I think yeah. what you're doing is just, it's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that means a lot. Thank you. No. I, um, there's like, I am not um, uh, one person and like I wouldn't be where I am not right now if it wasn't for others and like there's I actually had a really good chat with like Shirelle about this the other day about the sort of like hyper individual approach and a lot that feeds into a lot of like the idolization of DJ culture mm. and I'm very much a part of that now um but also like it isn't like I'm not just like one person and well obviously I am but you know what I mean like I like <laughs> I am like um there's no way that I'm not doing this without bringing others along or like there's that without like shouting out others that have like helped me get here and also just like doing things more for other people. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to use a platform that I've got now just to further benefit me in my own career because it's never was just about me in my own career. Mm -hmm. um, and it does tie into being trans. Like a lot of people have come up to me and said like I've helped them when they're along the way in their own journey. And it's just like, well, I'm never going to stop shouting about it. And yeah. Like to build support systems and, and to build networks in that way is like such an important part of like what I want to achieve in the music world because I don't, well, the music world, it, the industry is, you know, extremely cishet, extremely like male cishet and white. And like, I need to be able to do my part in breaking that down. Um, but, but everyone, yeah, but it's not just me, is it? It's just like everyone else. We're all doing our little bits together. And it's like a ripple effect. Yeah, like like hearing you speak, I'm thinking, what can I do? Like people listening to this will potentially be thinking, what can I do? Mm -hmm. So okay. I think that... I've got some suggestions. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> my next question. Yeah. Um, first, before you talk about your suggestions, I also wanted to go back to transformation. Mm -hmm. um, people listening maybe who are like inspired to do something similar, mm -hmm. um, to reach out to other like organisations. What is something or what are some of the few things that you wish you did maybe differently now going through that experience like if you were to say up again like is there any like tips or pointers that like okay no make sure that this is in place you know those sort of things Ooh. well i haven't mm. done the evaluation of oh. it yet, so <laughs> i can come back to you on that one i think, yeah, come back uh, to me on that one. I, think um, I guess like i did a, it's very different from like i wasn't involved in it from like an administrative organizational perspective mm -hmm. but i can speak on my experiences of like what it's like to be the creative um like i guess like there's just like an element of like like I mentioned before about I put too much pressure on myself um trust in the ability and like natural direction that others want to take um like give space for m as many different people and as many different voices in that space as possible make sure that those that are more marginalized than others have I've got the most space to be vocal about what they need um yeah, recognizing all of that and the layers within that and the different dynamics that even happen within different social groups like even though we are all trans and have a lived experience of trans, like there's, of trans, being trans, there's like, there are still different power dynamics in that sort of situation. And I think it's like, yeah, very important to be, I think, overly aware of that and, and do more like over prepare rather than under prepare. Um, I think getting any group of people, any 13 group of people together in a room is always going to create some mm. sort of 
intense situation, good or bad, both good and bad happened. Like it wasn't without its faults. And I think like I actually spoke to somebody about this on the program, like um, people don't talk enough about how a lot of community work involves conflict and mm. like it's a working through that conflict mm. that helps communities. Um, like we can't all just assume that us all being together in a room is going to create some sort of utopian ideal of mm. and like whilst we did feel a lot of the lovely feelings there were things that like could have been improved so I think just yeah yeah being aware of conflict being aware of how to manage it and knowing that like you know the struggle of that that conflict and the um the friction that comes with strangers is like a very natural part of community building I think that's a really important point. I, I never really thought about that because I think when people talk about community and like activism, a lot of it is, as you said, like utopia and like we're all coming together mm-hmm. and nice like, unity and yeah. actually like being frank about the like the disagreements that people have. I mean, anything left leaning, I, I think <laughs> there's so much um, disparity and like difference in opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes also that is like a downfall because people then we're not really like united. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually that could be, as you said, like a strength if if, people, if we actually were honest and like spoke about that more and like mm-hmm. use that as a way to like move forward. Um, so yeah, I just, I really like that you brought that up. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I think we're all just like naturally conflict avoidant in yeah. society. And I think yeah, that plays down to dynamics and situations that are mm-hmm. more concentrated like that like um it's not really our fault it's just that like yeah culturally we're shown to not like work through things and just fucking keep calm keep calm and carry, carry on, on and all, yeah. that, all, that, all that shit yeah like, it's, that's like not how you can that's not how you build groups of like people like it won't work <laughs> no it definitely you you also mentioned that you had suggestions i think in general um, about how yeah. to include more trans people yes. employ more trans people make trans people in charge Everything will change. That's the number one. Oh, okay. I thought that was a um, period. I was yeah, like, I, love I mean, that. period also, but just like, yeah, listen to us and like make the change and like don't get, make it up to the trans people to, don't leave it up to the trans people to do all the work because we're always having to do those different work. And like, that's one thing that really helped me like in the work that I'm doing where like I will have said to my agent and my manager in the past, like, if I've got something that I've had a conflict on, if I've experienced some transphobia, um, I need you to step up as a cis person and do some extra work for me and use mm. your responsibility. So cis people need to start taking responsibility and call out the fucking turfs mm. and employ trans people. I just, yeah, they're like, I mean, it can go into a whole load of conversations around like the actual systemic issue that we have in the world. Um, I would like to break down capitalism, obviously overthrow it. That would help solve a lot of the problems. But, under the system of capitalism we live in, the best we can do right now is just make people in charge to change the things. <laughs> pay them. Yeah. pay them. I mean, oh gosh, <laughs> I will join you in the revolution. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Make, make I'm, Jordan... I'm, I'm rounding the troops, you know. <laughs> yeah, listen, like... <laughs> I've got you. I'll be, I'll be the other side. I'm not good with guns, but I'm, I'm good at making Same, a cup of tea. I mean, we can go and practice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Community is about the different skills that you bring. <laughs> I'm a good tea maker. <laughs> okay, Proper we're good. I'll we're, keep you we'll like... We'll definitely need some tea on the front line. Yeah. So. Skincare and tea, so <laughs> make sure everyone's looking... that's me (laughs) I love that there's so much community in the work that you do um and how proud you are of that and I think that that speaks to the the words and the language that you use I know this is a big question but I wanted to ask you what does community mean to you Uh, (laughs) um it means um fuck knows what does it mean (laughs) it means like 
I feel like it means like moving through the world and living in the world how we are supposed to move and live. Like we are not meant to be isolated, alone individuals. So community to me is like the uh, the natural order of being. <laughs> that that is actually one of the best answers. I've. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, that is genuinely. I think the natural way of, that's genuinely one of the best answers that okay I've, I was always been a bit over dramatic but like if you're no, if no, you're I into it then like I'll run I'm, with it I don't think it's right I'm into okay, that yeah sweet. 100% um, has how has community changed for you as I know you've moved from the north to London mm-hmm. like has was that a major difference in how supported you felt as like an artist and as a creator yeah definitely I think um I was still finding my feet. I mean, when I, when I moved to London, I was um, 24, which was a long time ago now. I was eight years. So, yeah, I feel like I've... There's been a whole load of, like, unlearning for me. Like, I was involved in, like, very white, cis-het, male, uh, working class, like, um, like uh, drum and bass scenes. And, and, okay, that, like, yeah. that, and that changed to being in the South, which um, changed again to, like, the communities that I was involved in the labels that I was a part of and the nights that I was a part of. Still very um, cishet though. And then it wasn't until, I guess like four years ago that that started to change. And actually during lockdown, like um, like all trans people will say this, but like lockdown in ways was like beneficial because it like allowed us to like look into ourselves rather than looking at what the world was projecting onto us, i.e. a specific gender. Mm. Um, and like... I really realized during lockdown that like trans spaces were really, really important to me and that like I needed to do all I can to um, be in them as much as possible because of just how important they were to me during lockdown. Um, and that that sort of like step away from the, the scenes that I was involved in and then the, the sort of like reflective period that I had of lockdown, I, like the one thing that stood out was just like, this feels incredible and nurturing and I need to be in more spaces like this. Um, so yeah, I think they have changed a lot as as I've changed as a person, and I think I've just like learned like what spaces feel right to me. And I, I was actually thinking this on on Friday as well. Like, I got a, obviously emotional on Friday because I got emotional about everything. But um, <laughs> like, me and me and Shez are going back to back, and I just said to myself like, I'm exactly in the place that I'm meant to be right now, surrounded by the right people. Like, yeah, it was cute. Very I was just cute. like, I can see queer people making now. <laughs> I've got like all of my close friends with me like my friends like visiting from australia they came and played oh nice. like um i've just started working with a new manager pick up jasmine um jasmine was there and it was just like my my agents were there and it was just like it was just like everyone was there and it felt really lovely and like i i'm with the right people and this feels right and i like it's it's taken a while for that to and I realized now it was just because I wasn't in the in the right scenes and with the right people. Mm. But what what me and Shez are doing and being with Shez and playing with Shez and the people that me and Shez are both choosing to surround ourselves with, like it, that is, you know, it just feels right. That's where I'm at. I love I love that. It's also nice to hear because I think sometimes you're made to feel like it just needs to, like it's gonna just happen. Like and it, mm-hmm. it, it's nice to hear that it takes time, it's taken time. Yeah. Because that's like a natural that's a natural progression. Yeah, yeah. And how are you supposed to know what feels right when um you haven't you don't know what feels wrong? That's uh, so true. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So it's, it's gonna that. take some some time and I think even like listening to that, it just it kind of like eases your anxiety because you're like, okay, like let me <laughs> let me mm-hmm. hold up. Like mm-hmm. let me go through the motion. Let me just let me feel this way out because you probably are so grateful for where you are at 
now yeah. because of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And like the intentionality behind it, mm. like I am choosing and, and everybody else around me is choosing to put into this and like the conscious effort from people, which is why like friendship so important to me because like we're all putting in this like conscious choice to be there for each other. Um, and yeah, that, that really felt very much felt like it's been a bit of a turbulent year. Like this is like the fruits are coming is it fruition? The fruition. Yeah. The things are coming to fruition now. Yes. Like, and I, like the, it just felt lovely to have that space to just like the journey that I've been on with Fold as well. Like just like finding that club last like couple of years ago and just like how that's been so important to me and starting the tour off in that space. Everything just felt really lovely. I'm very gushy about Friday, as you can tell. <laughs> I love, I'm a Pisces. Okay. Gushy, yeah. I'll... I ain't got any water in me. <laughs> no, that's not true actually. I've got a Scorpio moon. That's where, oh, the, feel- that's oh, where, the, that's where the feelings are. Yeah, yeah. Scorpio moon. <laughs> that you, yes. Yeah, listen. Anything. <laughs> we're, we're just, well, Pisces are crying at anything and Scorpio, Scorpio moons will just like follow us in that. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, I've got so many feelings, and I think it is it is a Scorpio moon. <laughs> I love that. I, do you know what I? I think it's quite interesting hearing you speak about your relationships with other people and like friendships and mm-hmm. how important that is. Obviously, we touched on community, um, and also your relationship with yourself and your identity and being trans. And I think those are like two two separate parts, but they come together, mm-hmm. um, which is really really nice. Yeah, and it made me wonder like how how does music impact your relationship with yourself first and foremost like my own music yeah um it is like an extension of me um and where i'm at at that moment in time so like i mentioned to you about that sad track it's just like i don't remember making it like it just had to come out of me um and a lot of the narrative and context that i place on the music is like in retrospect i often feel like oh it like takes me back to how i was feeling at that moment in time um and yeah just how I make music I love I love it when I can like when I'm not not to over romanticize sadness but like it does really help me write my best music and I and I do really like that and I feel very grateful that I'm able to be able to do that and use creativity to um express myself and you know not just get bottled away somewhere um and it just adds like a, a layer of depth to stuff for me that like I yeah I've I've always used music like that I've always used music as a communication tool and a, a tool that like helps me express myself and gets me deep in my body in ways that like no other art form or any other communication can so I love that I can like make that and and do that and also like when people say that like my music has like had that impact on them that's like next level shit yeah, like, yeah. That, whoa. <laughs> nothing is greater than that feeling you're transcending. Yeah, basically. You can see me floating up the chair right now. <laughs> I wondered, after you make a track, do you feel more connected with yourself? Like, do you do you actually feel that in your body? Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think, but also there's, there's that to it. There's like the creative side of the connection. But then there's also the, um, the pressure on myself as a working class person that I've just grew up with to like be forever producing. And, and, if, and I tie a lot of my self-worth onto making music. If there's been periods where I haven't made as much as what I usually make, um, that lowers my confidence. And that's something I need to work through. I'm very aware of it. Um, so when I am making music and I'm able to express myself, like that's when I feel my most comfortable and most, I guess, alive. Um, but I also am aware that, you know, the sort of like, I am a product of capitalism as we all are. And there is that pressure on us to be constantly productive. Um, and especially since I've like moved from working full time in a different career to now 
this there's like an added layer of pressure on the music that I'm making and it's not just I, I try and do it make make it as much as I can to be just about creative process but there is like I do need to have singles out mm. I've got to maintain it all like there are things that need to happen you know so there's that like pressure that I put on myself sometimes too it's like the business side of things and like the the creative side of things and like how mm-hmm. how sometimes it can feel I feel like a lot of artists talk about the imbalance mm-hmm. of um of of it all and especially once things start going to a higher level when 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 you are like working full-time on your music it can feel like sometimes the business side of things becomes like overpowering when it's like you don't really that's you're like where's it coming from yeah (laughs) it's it's not that's not what that's not anyone wants no definitely yeah and you have to like make sure that you've got that space away from the business side of it so you can actually create and it like in that and that's only up to you i suppose like, obviously managers can help with that side of things as well but yeah. like you can't force creativity no <laughs> yeah like, no, it doesn't work like that hard work yeah yeah <laughs> the balance has been a really interesting learning curve for me because i've just like only just been doing this a year now so oh congratulations oh thank though. you yeah. yeah it's like it literally yeah like in january so yeah, amazing so yeah. thank you thanks yeah. very much <laughs> so what is that the creative process like you said that it doesn't it doesn't come you can't like force it mm-hmm. do you have anything that helps you um yeah I mean I just a lot of it is just like I just make stuff even if I'm not like obsessed with it and like if it's not the most emotive piece of work I've ever made I'm like kind to myself with that and just being like just make some stuff like doesn't really matter so I think I've just like learned to like not put so much again pressure on myself in making like you know the most emotive and like all the the biggest banger ever just like just creating for the sake of creating um i've yeah i've set up a little studio in my room and that's really helped um and i'm just like giving myself like at least a day or like an hour or something it's like at least i've got an hour a week or something just so i can go on ableton and just like twiddle around Mm -hmm. um so yeah giving myself the space to do it it gets harder when it when when i'm touring obviously um but yeah i think that's about it it's just giving myself a bit more time just allowing yourself the freedom to to do what you want as well i guess Mm -hmm yeah the, that's it i think there's, i went through like a very big techno phase a big trance phase i think i'm still in it um but and, and a part of me was like oh i don't know if this is going to be fine for the album you know but like i just need to let myself run with it because i go through these like phases so like just make whatever you're feeling mm. so we're in the beginning of 2023 you are working towards an album mm-hmm. correct correct can do we, can we know anything more about that? Oh yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's gonna, it's gonna be trans as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to people. It'll come out next year. Okay, early next year. year. Okay, I want to give myself this whole year to write and like have periods of time like off touring and just like be fully in the studio. Um, I'm very excited by like who I'm gonna be collaborating with on it. There's some like I'm yeah, I'm not telling you. Oh, here. That's okay. a thing you can't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want it to be like. I don't know, there's just like so many transitional periods for me right now. Um, and I want that to be reflected in the album. And it obviously won't be my last album as well. And like, I think there's been a lot of talk about the pressure mm. <laughs> of the first album. Mm. And and I think someone said to me a few months ago, like if you're out, your first album's like your best piece of work, you're doing it wrong because mm. like it's a constant process. Um, and I want to make it obviously trans as fuck because that's very important to me. Again, just like, making sure I'm collaborating with the the right people and like I don't know like especially on a on a on a, on a label like Ninja Tune like if this has been done to this extent before and like that's important for me to sort of do 
for that reason. And also because trans artists are just the fucking best. So there's that. Um, and also just, yeah, on a personal level, like I'm going to be uh, going through a lot of different changes and transitions. My voice might change. It probably will change as I start testosterone. And like, like I want to document that and I want that to be a part of the album because that's mm. really important to me as well. So I bought myself a microphone the other day. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, especially as someone who is an artist, is a DJ, is producing, has been interviewed before, and is making music, working towards an album, what is one thing that you wish that people asked you that you don't get asked? Hmm. Oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do people... I think people... Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can answer it. Let me have a think. I'll let you have a think. Yeah, like... I really like talking about breakfast. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, we can... People need to ask me what I had for breakfast that morning. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, the thing I said, <laughs> the oat cakes of peanut butter and a banana. Then I had a cycle. Then I had scrambled eggs on toast. Love that. Love that. Whoa. Protein gains, bro. <laughs> All that shit. Protein gains. <laughs> you heard it here first. That would be a very good album name. I don't know if you have one already. I don't know if I have one. Protein yet. gains. Protein gains. Do you really think that's a good album name? I just want to say that I came up with it. <laughs> I'll write a track for it instead and I'll dedicate it oh, to you. Oh, yay. <laughs> Can it be the best one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. It'll be a very strong track. <laughs> okay. Love that. Love Lots that. Of strong sounds. Muscular sounds. Muscular. <laughs> Jordan, it's been so nice to talk to you. Great to talk to you also. I am so excited to hear the album. I'm excited for the year ahead, the tour. It's going to be amazing. I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm, I just really want you to know that I think the work that you're doing is amazing. And I hope that everyone listens to this. I hope that people put their money to where their mouth is, mm -hmm. employ more trans people, um, put them in power, put them in charge. We're dismantling capitalism. Absolutely. Baby. Very soon. Let's do this shit. <laughs> but before then, yeah. I'll see you on the dance floor. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Resident Advisors Exchange with I, Jordan. You can browse our full archive of episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe to The Exchange to receive updates from us. And if you love this show, leave us a review and a rating as it helps get our stories to more ears. We have some new and exciting content coming up. So until next time, take care. <laughs>